Hey friends, this is Matthias Roberts, and you're listening to Queerology, a podcast on belief and being. This is episode 23. I am a product of by invisibility culture, you know, and I I just want to let people know that there's nothing to be ashamed of within themselves. Um, bisexuality is a completely valid and beautiful orientation. Alex G is a songwriter, artist, performer, and advocate. In 2010, she began posting videos of herself singing covers on YouTube, and her channel quickly became one of the fastest growing on the site. As of recording this episode, she has over 200 million views and nearly 1.6 million subscribers. Alex's recent coming out puts her among the top 10 most popular LGBTQ women on YouTube. She writes music to celebrate and affirm our shared humanity, and through storytelling, invites her listeners into deeper self-love and vulnerability. This is her first interview since coming out. Alex reached out to me because she listens to the podcast. And let's be honest, when I got that message, I freaked out. Because she wanted to have a space where she could talk about her sexuality in a little bit more detail than what she could just cover on her YouTube channel. And this is becoming a catchphrase, (laughs) but I am so excited for this episode. We talk about bisexuality, bi-erasure, our movie star junior high crushes, and some of what has happened to Alex since coming out. As a side note, it was so much fun to meet so many of you who listened to this podcast in Chicago this past weekend. Uh, For everyone who came over and said hello, introduced themselves, I loved hearing about where you listen to the podcast. Uh, I I think my favorite story is this guy who's a trucker uh, and he listens to this podcast in his truck and he says sometimes it takes him a full day to get to an episode because he like pauses it and has to digest it. And I I don't know, it's stories like that that just keep me going. Uh, So thank you to everyone. It was so much fun to meet you all. Uh, Let's go ahead and dive in. Alex, hi. Hi. <laughs> How's your day going? It's good. It's a really nice day and a really nice fall day in Nashville. How's yours going? It's great. It is like, this is one of our first sunny days in Seattle for like two weeks and I am just loving it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, so to start, a uh, question that I start every episode with. How do you identify? Uh, And then how would you say that your faith has helped form that identity? Um, Okay, so I would identify as a bisexual cisgender woman. Mm. And (laughs) my faith, it's interesting because I don't think that if I had become affirming uh, of the LGBTQ community, I don't think I would have ever looked inwards at my own sexuality. So... Mm. Um, yeah, I, I did a lot of reading and diving in and, and changing and growing in regards to my faith, um, like three years ago, because hmm. I'd grown up in a very, 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 uh, conservative Christian religious, uh, home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was mostly just, I grew up afraid of God and I had to kind of unlearn a lot of that. And once I I uh, came to the conclusion that there is no law, <laughs> mm. I that kind of threw my whole world upside down, uh, and I had to rethink a lot of things mm. uh, that I had been just shoving down in myself for my whole life. Mm. Um, 
Yeah. And so honestly, like without my faith, I don't know if I would have been able to even accept this part of myself. That's so, that's so interesting because I feel like, you know, so often we hear the story of like, I found, I figured this out about myself and then I had to reconcile it with my faith. Whereas for (laughs) you, it was like, I explored my faith and all of a sudden, like I realized that I was bi, like... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it's absolutely insane. And I hear that story all the time. Like, that's typically, I think, what happens. And for me, um, you know, like, I'd been in two pretty serious uh, heterosexual relationships. Mm. um, Or, yeah, uh, in my life. And this kind of uh, other side of me, I was able to... I mean, there would be years at a time where I would just be like, I'm not going to look at that. And that thing doesn't exist. It Mm -hmm. sometimes does, but it's definitely in secret. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I just, I I, I think for me, I didn't even know really what bisexual meant. I had no one to look up to growing up who was an out bisexual person who could, who I saw myself reflected in. And so I think that really was the reason why I didn't think that what was going on inside of me had anything to do with orientation. I thought that it meant I was hypersexual. And so, and so I thought that that was just like a human part of me that made me weird and gross and dirty and that I had to hide. Mm. And so I never was like, Hmm, I might not be straight. I was, I was always just thinking, Hmm, why am I so overly sexual? And I am really ashamed of myself. Um, and so, I don't know, it's it's really interesting. Like, I don't think I knew, I, feel, I don't think I would have had the language for it. But, you know, it wasn't until I kind of, you know, I left home for a long period of time. Uh, I moved out of my house uh, when I was, what, I think 20. Hmm. Um, I grew up in Colorado. And actually, <laughs> which is really funny, I just learned this recently I grew up in one of the top 10 most conservative cities in America and I did not know (laughs) until like I found it in an article somewhere and I was like you've got to be kidding (laughs) but it makes so much sense now Mm -hmm. um yeah I grew up in a household where um honestly anything regarding gosh just sexuality uh uh accepting that we are you know sexual beings or Uh, It just, it wasn't talked about. It was really uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember we would, I mean, it would go so far as we would be watching uh, like a Disney Channel original movie and the two main characters would kiss at the end and my dad would like close his eyes and be like, oh, why do they have to do that? Mm -hmm. And it was just so, anything sexual was just taboo and gross and we don't talk about that Mm -hmm. and you just don't do it. Like, Mm -hmm. You just don't. <laughs> it's this huge secret. Mm-hmm. And so I just didn't know how to process that part of myself in a healthy way. Yeah. You know, everything I learned about sexuality or sex or anything like that, I learned over the internet. Mm-hmm. And I was always in, you know, in secret because I was taught that it's supposed to be in secret. Right. Um, yeah. And so, you know, and my, my faith really at the time I wouldn't say it was my faith either. Like I would say it was my family's faith. Mm. Um, but that really, that was, that played a huge part in my, I guess, fear to be, I guess, just not a perfect Christian. Like I would get asked questions like, do you know where you're going to go? Like if you died right now, do you right. know where you would go? Mm. 
<laughs> well, you better figure that out. Mm. Like at like 12 years old. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it was just very fear-based and very uh, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Like not necessarily like <laughs> well thought out, but just kind of like, okay, this is what you think. Right. And this is how it goes. And you don't question it because you'll probably go to hell. Yeah. And so that was just so unhealthy. And it wasn't until, you know, I had been out of my, uh, that Christian, that kind of evangelical Christian culture for a long enough time uh, that I was, you know, I, I mean, I moved to LA. So okay. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like as, it's like as like, progressive liberal as it gets in these in the states right um just just i guess normalizing the fact that i'm a sexual being and the first time i heard that i was in therapy Hmm. because the way i would bring it up about my uh wondering if i was questioning my orientation as i used to say well i used to think i used to wonder if i was gay Hmm. i don't like i used to you know, have those questions. And my therapist was like, well, you're a sexual being, Alex. And let me explain this to you. And I was offended when Mm. she said that. Mm -hmm. I was like, are you, you're telling me that I'm like me, Alex, like I'm a really sexual person. (laughs) Why are you saying that? Like, how do you, why do you think that? I was so offended. Um, It really helped me start a conversation of just normalizing that, like biologically. Right. Yeah. And that was when I was able to just kind of I was just once you once I got rid of the fear of that, I was able to start loving myself better. Um, mm-hmm. I was able to you know be more compassionate towards myself and towards other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know I grew up demonizing like the LGBTQ community and, right. and once I once I made friends in that community, I mean you know once you know someone who is something that you have been afraid of your whole life. Like it changes everything. Totally. You know, you, you have a face to a quote unquote issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you start to question everything. It's like, yeah. well, this person's an incredible person and shows me Jesus more than some of my evangelical Christian friends and family do. Mm-hmm. How in the world is this, is this person not fully embraced by God? I don't get it. Mm-hmm. So it started with, I had some friends who, were gay and who are gay, <laughs> yeah. and uh, that at least began to uh, make me question things a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it wasn't until really recently that I started to even question that. I, I came out to myself at the top of this year. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, I came out publicly about uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And a lot of stuff happened. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, cuz I was going to say like like this I mean you you called yourself a, a bisexual woman and that like that is a maybe I mean it sounds like you've known for a while but a, a new identity to name for yourself because you did just yes. come out a few weeks ago and yes. very publicly mm-hmm. um and I mean super exciting to do that and I would imagine there's a lot that comes with kind of like starting to kind of feel that label out and and live into it and absolutely put it on for size like it's interesting because it it, you know just even the term the term sex and sexuality and sexual orientation and it's I used to just have the hardest time saying those words yeah um like I just couldn't form them. I felt so, it felt so wrong. It felt like saying a curse word. Um, 
which now, you know, I cuss all the time. <laughs> <laughs> 20-year-old Alex would be so embarrassed of myself. Um, no, but uh, yeah, to, to claim, to be able to say I'm a bisexual woman is like, it is huge for me and it is so empowering and I've seen it just, I mean, in the wake of my public coming out, mm-hmm. I have seen it uh, uh, empower people around me, people that I've known for a while, mm-hmm. but who uh, now feel, I guess, the permission to start looking inwards for themselves. Like, it's just, I mean, and it's, and I feel like this is very Brene Brown, mm-hmm. um, by the way, who is like my hero. I I love Brene and she Same. was like reading her book, like The Gifts of Imperfection. Like that was all the start of my just mental health, mm. uh, you know, obsession in my life. And, and it's, yeah, that her work, applying her work to my life really changed my life. And mm-hmm. part of that was when you speak shame, when you speak things that you're ashamed about, um, it, it can't survive. Yeah. And for me, like, just the word sex and the word uh, sexual, sexuality, bisexual. Now I feel like I, um, I guess I just like, I have, I have, I guess, reclaimed ownership of those words in myself and like love those parts about me. And I feel like when I did that, you know, I feel like I spoke a lot of other people's shame too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, because I spoke it in such a like, I mean, I felt like I was pretty confident um, in my coming out. I feel like they were like, you know, feeling more courageous to to come out as well. Like, as so many people have come out to me, mm-hmm. <laughs> like strangers, um, people who are just like, I'm so I haven't come out to anyone else. Like, my parents, no one knows, and it's all it's typically really similar stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I've just found about sharing your story. When you share your story, you give other people the courage to share theirs and to right. to realize that they're not alone and that, you know, if, if someone that I see myself in or that I look up to can can work through this or can name this or is going through the same thing as me, then maybe I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, that's like, that's why I came out. That's, yeah. that's like 90% why I came out is because I, I feel and have felt like a sense of responsibility uh, not obligation, but responsibility, just like to to be a part of the conversation because I have a platform mm-hmm. and because I know that when I was 13 and I was <laughs> having secret crushes on <clears throat> female celebrities, like, and like terrified about it, yeah. um, I really could have used someone to look up to who named bi- bisexuality mm-hmm. and who said, this is me, this is what this is, and it's awesome, and it's completely valid. And I think that I would have, you know, been able to at least understand what was going on inside of me so that I didn't feel so crazy and so wrong. And I just know that there's someone else out there who's just young Alex, Mm -hmm. just, just looking everywhere for someone who reflects them mm-hmm. um and i just really think that that's life-changing and so so that's why i wanted to come out publicly and also just because you know when, once you i think once you come to accept and understand and learn a part of yourself um to like hide it mm. 
is just, I just wasn't, I just was feeling like I was kind of a, uh, a slave to that. And I just wanted yeah. to, I just want to, you know, I want to live in my complete truth and, and, um, there's so much freedom in, in that. And I just, you know, I just, uh, I care about LGBTQ advocacy and stuff. And, yeah. and I, I want to be a part of the conversation in that way. And, yeah. um, but it's been, uh, it's been beautiful and amazing. And it's also been really, really hard. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I think you, you kind of named that once you realize something about yourself to hide it, like it, it's better to be authentic with it. Yeah. And I mean, and for those yeah. of us who have the space and the safety mm-hmm. to live into mm-hmm. that authenticity, like, yeah. of, of course we want to do that. And, Absolutely. And I'm curious, like, about bisexuality specifically, because that, I mean, and you mentioned this in in your video, but that is, like, there's, like, the thing of bisexual erasure in mm-hmm. in our world of where a lot of people will see it as the kind of soft transition to coming out as <laughs> mm-hmm. gay or like whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas it's, it's a real thing. And I, we've, I've talked about this in other episodes, but I'd love to hear your thoughts of kind of like, I mean, you're not gay, you're bisexual. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm really new to this. Uh, and Fair I, enough. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I just, I learned about, I guess, the term by invisibility. Uh, I don't know. It was it was sometime this year for sure. But once I once I started looking into that, and I was reading some some articles. I think I read like a uh, oh gosh, I think it was an Elial Cruz article. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> but just talking about the, I guess, effect that not not having enough people out come out as bi to name the word bisexual um how that affects people and in our culture and i i read it and most of all i just resonated i was like Mm. i think the reason why i had i mean i you know obviously there is a lot of religious baggage there but i think a huge reason also why i had so much shame about myself growing up and i didn't understand myself is because of the effects of bi invisibility and mm-hmm. bi erasure. Mm-hmm. Again, I saw myself as like hypersexual, sexually deviant, and it doesn't help in pop culture when you've got artists, like pop artists, or with with a lot of influence, um, mm-hmm. who are writing these songs that uh, fetishize bisexuality, mm-hmm. and it's all very, it's very like promiscuous and um, secretive, and don't tell your mother and. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious for you. Like, it's all very, uh, you know, it's again, like perpetuating the secrecy of it all and the kind of, um, I don't know. It just, it doesn't normalize bisexuality. It doesn't name it. It just kind of says, sometimes I'm like interested in making out with a girl cause right. Ooh, I'm fun and wild. Like that's not, and that never resonated with me. The mm. whole, you know, bad girl, wild girl. Uh, narrative and so but I I took that on though even though I knew it wasn't me I was so ashamed of that because I was like well that's what that's what this is it Mm. must be what it is Mm. um and I just I just think it's so important uh especially if you have influence I mean and if you're in a safe place to do so of course Mm. um to come out and use the word 
bisexual, if that resonates with you. Right. Uh, but that's, I just felt, I just felt so, um, I just felt so pushed to do that within myself mm -hmm. because I was like, I am a product of by invisibility culture. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, and I, I just want to let people know that there's nothing to be ashamed of within themselves. Um, mm -hmm. Bisexuality is a completely valid um, and beautiful orientation. Mm -hmm. And also I read an, a definition that actually really helped me because mm -hmm. I thought, you know, I'm just young Alex thinking in super binaries. Um, but I, I actually want to find this definition. Okay. Quote, I call myself bisexual because I acknowledge that I have in myself the potential to be attracted romantically and or sexually to people of more than one sex and or gender, not necessarily at the same time, not necessarily in the same way, and not necessarily to the same degree. Hmm. And that was so helpful for me because it's so easy to overcomplicate and overthink and be like, well, I mean, I mean, I used to talk about it in terms of like percentages. I was like, I think I'm like... 15% gay mm -hmm. and it just it, it was so uh I mean it was it was more like damaging than not but also you know as part of my process totally uh but then but then realizing that like girl just take the pressure off of you it doesn't necessarily have to be in the same way in the same to the same degree uh you know it's it's all just so fluid and on a spectrum and that's just humanity like mm. humanity is so I don't even want to say gray like just colorful mm. um and i think i think understanding that really helped in my finding freedom mm -hmm. um and it's just been yeah it's just been a journey towards more freedom every single day mm. um mm. and with that um i so i'll just be transparent about this but um the day that i came out my uh, music management quit. Mm. And that was incredibly shocking and hard. Mm. Um, uh, they, the company is, is very immersed in CCM Christian, uh, contemporary Christian music. Mm. Um, they manage a lot of big Christian artists and uh, my manager, I came out to him because I knew that I wanted to come out publicly. Right. And we had a few really long conversations and and it's interesting, like the kind of questions he was asking me just about me personally, mm -hmm. I was just kind of confused by, but then I, I think I processed it later and realized like, oh, like our culture it has a lot of just a lot of biphobia. Yeah. Um and, and it's and it's not it's just like not understanding, I guess, what it is. And what I kept hearing in that conversation was like, well, people usually don't believe people who come out as bisexual and hmm. they're just going to think you're asking, we want to make sure that you're, you're not begging for attention and we want to make sure that you're not just doing it for the views. And, and I'm just like, and it's so interesting because I was just like, that has literally never once crossed my mind. Like, yeah. I'm so confident and excited about this. I wonder why you are so caught up on the, uh, you know, on what people are going to think think but it's just it's just interesting like the questions that that were asked like well mm -hmm. what do you mean like what do you mean you're bisexual mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh <laughs> like are you like a like is it a is it a verb or like an adjective and mm -hmm. I'm like 
what do you mean? Is it a verb or an adjective? Like, <laughs> I, that's such a weird question. But it, I, that's basically like asking, are you a practicing bisexual? Like, right. <laughs> it's like, I don't, it, it's just so interesting. Like, I have the ability to be attracted to multiple genders. And that's just, just, just the same way that, you know, you're attracted to women. Totally. And that's, that's a part of you. And this is a part of me. And I think the concern was so much about the narrative being switched to, oh, well, Alex G is a, now the bisexual artist. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, well, actually, like, I have a lot of friends who are out who have come out as artists. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, not as artists, but who artists who have come out. <laughs> uh, guess what, world? I'm going to tell you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and I, I've seen it have a really beautiful impact um, on their career and also mm -hmm. just the world around them. And, um, but you know, the impact is not the point of what I'm trying to do. And if people can't see that this part of me, this part of me that I love, but it, again, this part of me is not all of me, mm -hmm. but, uh, and it doesn't change the kind of music that I'm going to make. Uh, it doesn't change, uh, the direction I want to go. It doesn't change, um, I guess just my purpose. I think it's very aligned with my purpose. Yeah. Um, and if people can't see that, then that's that's okay. But that's definitely, you know, an embedded um, biphobia, homophobia, or just not not understanding right. uh, within themselves. Totally. And so, I was really confident to do it. It just it was kind of shocking though when, you know, I decided to come out, mm -hmm. and he quit. It just was the first time I had, I guess, experienced. I mean, honestly, I'm still processing, but, yeah. you know, it, it felt discriminatory because totally. um, it felt so unnecessary and right. uh, it just didn't really make any sense. And right. so, yeah, that was really hard. Yeah. Um, and it's just been trying to, I guess, you know, pick up the pieces and, and, and I know that I'll be okay, but it kind of also opened my eyes to the fact that like, oh, like there are so many people who are unsafe when they come out and they lose their jobs and mm -hmm. they, and this is, this is real and this is happening in 2017 America. Yeah, right. um, like, you know that that's happening, but it doesn't hit you until like it's right before your very eyes. Right. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah I've, I've had a couple of experiences like that too, of where all of a sudden it's like, Oh yeah, I know like discrimination is out there and then all of a sudden it happens mm -hmm. to you and it's like and mm -hmm. then you like you like use that word discrimination and you're like wait, this feels like such a severe word. It does, doesn't and it? And yet like but that's exactly what it is. Like But that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yeah. yeah. And I have such a hard time I guess using using like <laughs> harsh language like that because yeah. I always am trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. Totally. Um and while, like, I know that this, uh, my previous manager, like, I know that he, there's so many, like, incredible qualities about him as, like, yeah. a human. And I, and it's just, it just reminds you that, like, you don't have to be a horrible, nasty person, like, aggressive, violent person to have, to be homophobic. Right. And to be biphobic. Like, you don't, you know, you don't have to be one of those, like, crazy, angry, uh, people who shout slurs at, right. at um, gay people to be damaging and hurtful to your LGBTQ friends and family. Like you mm -hmm. don't, you know, it's just, it can be so subtle 
Um, and I think that's what was so hard. Um, mm-hmm. And it kind of felt like, it kind of felt like, like uh, I hadn't experienced this in church because I didn't, I didn't grow up going to church, but mm. uh, I, I was pretty heavily involved in church in like 2014 through 2015. Mm. Um, but I know that a lot of, a lot of the time what happens is you go to a church and if you are gay or bisexual or if you are queer, you walk in and if you're open about it, they say, oh, well, we love you and mm-hmm. you're welcome here and you belong here. Um, but then the second you want to get involved, the second you want any any to be a part of anything that requires leadership, uh, you're not allowed all of a sudden. Right. And all of a sudden, and, and, and just that very kind of underhanded patronizing it's just such a patronizing way of telling you that like we love you but we are better than you mm-hmm. <laughs> god thinks so too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um i think that's almost worse than mm-hmm. like i just kind of wish you know that i had clear signs beforehand to be because you know it, it just it's it's that thought of of uh convincing someone that you're trustworthy but then when stuff gets hard it's like right but <laughs> ah! Uh, well, you know, I love you, but not, but yeah, like, but not too much. Sorry, this yeah. is too uncomfortable <laughs> for me. So <laughs> requires yeah. too much of myself. Yeah. And that, I think that's just, it's just been hard to process that. Um, you know, aside from that, my parents, <laughs> it's been another difficult thing, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, I made sure that before I told people, before I told my family, um, that I was going to be in a place where I didn't need for them to, uh, respond well for me to love and accept myself. Yeah. Um, that was important for me. I needed to process my way through my own shame before I uh, necessarily told people I didn't know if I could trust. Mm-hmm. And because, gosh, I mean, those voices could be so harsh and so powerful if you let them. And mm-hmm. I didn't get, I didn't, you know, receive a very good response from my, from my parents. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's hurtful, but I don't, I'm not internalizing it. And I think that's the important thing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. It's like, I mean, coming out is just rough. Like there's that, there's that level of freedom that comes Mm -hmm. with it, but there's also Mm -hmm. everything else that comes with it. And I think anyone who's come out kind of, you know, it, it all happens in our own particular ways, but it's like, mm-hmm. you're, you're in the thick of it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, and it's hard. I'm, I'm smack dab in the middle. Like I'm on the, you know, I just came out Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, it's fresh and it's, it feels like every day I'm, but, but, and I feel like I've heard people talk about this, but it feels like every day is like a new kind of coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, for me, it's just kind of getting used to and, and getting used to this freedom and being my like complete 100% full self mm. and learning to like operate as that Alex. Cause I hadn't operated as that Alex for my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like I'm in, you know, the body that I was created to be in mm-hmm. and I'm just learning how to, how to, function like that and how to yeah to be a functioning and healthy human in the world like that Mm. and it's clumsy (laughs) it's it's uh it's sometimes really scary um 
but it's like the most rewarding. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm sorry, I burped. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, took a, I took a second. Oh. <laughs> you can leave that in if you want. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, composure. Um, but it's it's been the most rewarding. Um, I've experienced the most love. I've I've like received the most love, and I've been able to give the most love. I think because I have been able to fully love myself. I can fully, I can love other people better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel, I find myself to be more present. I find myself to just be uh, more resilient mm. and more brave. And honestly, that's the reward at the end of the day. Yeah. Uh, and, and also just, I mean, it, it matters so much like to receive the emails and the messages I get from, from kids who are, going through those same things and to be able to be a voice in their life I'm just like that like I know how important that is and mm-hmm. not to not I mean not to toot my own horn I'm just saying like right. it's just for kids going through this stuff like it's the most important thing and I know I could have really used that growing up and luckily mm-hmm. like I was able to process my coming out and my sexuality in a safe and uh, understanding and loving environment mm-hmm. um away from home, uh, in my own home uh, mm-hmm. with people and with people in my life who I trust and who love me for like every part of me and a therapist. I'm just saying like, mm. I think everyone in the world needs therapy and not Preach. because, <laughs> not because everyone's screwed up, but also yes, because everyone is a little bit screwed up. Yep. But I, mean, <laughs> I just think, I just think, you know, like that's been the most important thing for me, um, is been able to process with someone who is licensed to process with you. Um, it's been, it's been so helpful and I've just seen, I mean, my faith has been flipped upside down, Mm. uh, to the point where I don't know, I just, I don't really have a a very clear understanding of who or what God is. Um, but in a very, I think in a freeing way, Mm -hmm. um, I think there's not a lot of expectation for, um, God to respond or act in a way that like, I think a lot of the time evangelical Christian culture puts him or her in a box to, to respond. Mm -hmm. And that's taking the pressure off of me as well. Um, to just, I don't know. I just, I feel like I'm living a more wholehearted life. I think that my life looks so much more like, um, I mean, I, I don't even like to say this, but it just feels so much more reflective, reflective of, I guess, just the life that like Jesus would want mm-hmm. or have um, than it used to. And I think, and it's interesting because my life looks, you know, like I think three years ago, I would have looked at myself now and been like, Alex, you've gone off the rails. What's, what's happened? Totally. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. They're just, my, my relationships are so much more beautiful and and deep and meaningful. And, um, you know, I just see, I just see more colors Mm -hmm. in the world Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I'm less afraid. And that's, yeah, it's, it's just been beautiful. Yeah. That's huge. And I think like, I think that's an experience of like, so many queer people, you know, who are, who've come out and and who are kind of embodying living as a queer person in the world. Yeah. They're like, 
I know I often am like, you know, 10 year old Matthias, 15 year old Matthias would be like, oh my goodness, who like that, that Matthias is going to hell. Um, <laughs> Hardcore. <laughs> like, yes. Like Sorry what happened? Yeah. Like, and, yeah. And, um, but like to, to be able to, to look back at, at that, those old selves and say, I'm actually living my life. in freedom yeah and I just I want to go back and hug little Alex and just be like you're okay like (laughs) okay so it's hilarious um I have um (laughs) my first female crush and this is embarrassing and I don't know why I'm offering up this information (laughs) but I am yes um and everyone's like okay so I was 13 and Oh God, no! I'm really embarrassed now. I'll, but you was, know, tell I'm, me yours, and I'll tell you my 13 year old crush. We can do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. Great. <laughs> wonderful. Okay. So 13 years old, and I'm freaking out because I have a huge crush on Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm talking like I don't even remember what it was, or like, but I just remember being so entranced, mm. and then being so freaked out because I'm like why but like I'm gonna google videos of Michelle Pfeiffer because that sounds fun and like (laughs) god and I get made fun of now um because of that but it's fine it's fine she's a beautiful woman it's fine yeah 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 (laughs) okay tell me yours Mine yours. mine was so I remember watching she's the man the first time um and Channing Tatum like in that movie that was like Oh, who who is that? Okay. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think everyone thinks that. Who well, is that man? I mean, totally. Oh, I mean, yeah, he's perfect. that crush has has continued on for like my entire <laughs> life. I mean, it's still there, but yes. like, that was my thirteen yes. year old crush of like, oh, Channing Tatum, like, yeah. Oh totally. God, I mean, I mean, okay, so here here's another one, but like I um, and this is the reason. This is the reason why I was like okay I need to like ask myself some questions here Mm. because this has not gone away so in the last like year or whatever it uh I guess the (laughs) the like celebrity crush that like made me question my sexuality for once um Kate McKinnon Mm. man Mm -hmm. you can't you can't go wrong with Kate McKinnon and I I that was the one that I was like, okay, so I need to Google this. Like, how do you know if you're gay? What's happening? <laughs> like, it was so, it was so funny. But like, now I'm just like, but it, it's, it's hilarious. And also like, it's just been so good for me to be able to talk about this mm. in such a casual way, like without shame. Like, yeah, like the way that I came out to, um, Tori, uh, who's like my person, mm-hmm. um, was I told her that I had a crush on Kate McKinnon mm. and she just laughed. She's like, I know. <laughs> like, of course you do. <laughs> like, do you see your face when we're watching like Ghostbusters? Yeah. Like Jillian Holtzman is everything. Mm-hmm, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, but it was so hard for me to say that. And now just casually talking about your celebrity crushes. And sometimes for me, it's a woman. Sometimes it's a man. And it's just like, it is so freeing and empowering to be able to do that. Um, for me, it's a big deal. You know, I'm oh, sure in yeah. a year I'll be like, oh yeah, whatever. But like, it's just, yeah, I'm just every day stepping into uh, just living in my truth unashamedly. Mm-hmm. And it's, 
I just, I love talking about celebrity crushes. It's fun. It's yeah. embarrassing and fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, yeah. And to be able to do that, like, and you're naming that, to be able to do that. Yeah. Of even, like, I think even, because I feel like I grew up in a, a similar culture to yours of where, like, you do not talk about sexuality. And even to yeah. name a crush in oh, the gosh. correct context is, mm-hmm. like, you don't do that. Like, uh-huh. And uh-huh. so to be able to have that freedom just to even laugh about it and and notice, like, the fun and the ridiculousness, like, that is mm-hmm. a huge thing. That is yes. a huge thing. It's a huge thing, and it's such a human thing. And mm-hmm. I just, I want that for everyone, you yeah. know. I yeah. just, I am all about getting rid of shame in every, every way that mm-hmm. it exists. Mm-hmm. And that's part of uh, why I do what I do musically and why I write the kind of songs I write and... Yeah. Um, why I feel the responsibility to share parts of myself with the world. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I just, I want everyone to experience that freedom. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think maybe to close, what would you say to those kids who are kind of looking up to you now and who are, who are finding parts of their stories in yours or who maybe aren't in the place where they can come out but are starting to be like oh wait a second like mm. I, this is this is me yeah yeah what, what would you say to them if you if you could talk to them right now <sighs> hi you <laughs> if you're listening you're okay you are you are perfectly wonderful and normal and abnormal in a completely human way hmm. there's nothing wrong with you there is nothing uh, that deserves to be hidden. Every single part of you is completely lovable hmm. and was made so intentionally. And you are, uh, yeah, you are just everything that you were created to be. And if there are voices in your in your world and your life that tell you otherwise, that's not truth. Hmm. And um, you don't have to take that just because they claim to be older than you, wiser than you, have authority over you. Um, I just would encourage you to listen to the deepest uh, part of you. And that voice inside that you keep trying to silence, I just want you to listen to it. I just want you to give it five minutes to talk to you. Mm. Hear what it has to say because it will, it will, it will continue to be there. And you will be continuing to fight it for mm. as as long as you as long as you will uh, allow yourself to. And mm. for me, it was um, the most freeing thing to just breathe and let myself be. Just let myself be. That was the first step for me. Um, yeah, just I want you to love yourself mm. um, more than anything. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure. And best yeah. to you as you continue on this this wild journey. Oh, <laughs> thank you. It's crazy. Yeah. But I love it. Yeah. <laughs> thank uh, you so much. Thank you, Alex. Part one of Alex's new album, In the Still and Homespun, came out last month and is available now to stream or download. She's over on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram at AlexGMusic7, and she's on Facebook at HelloAlexG. Queerology is on Twitter at QueerologyPod, or you can tweet me directly at Matthias Roberts. 
If you like Quirology and want to help keep it on the air, head over to MatthiasRoberts.com support to figure out how you can help support Quirology. A really easy way to do that is by leaving a review. Do it in your podcast app or head over to MatthiasRoberts.com review and it'll take you right there. As always, I'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to hear something on the podcast or just want to say hi, reach out. I'll get back to you. And until next week, y'all, bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.